Happy New Year, one and all. It's your favourite miserable Mancunian, John Mack. Just a quick one before we get into our Survivor Series 96 episode. We did have a slight issue with our audio, with our connection. The audio kept dropping in and out sporadically. I have tried my best to fix this, but alas, I am sadly not an audio alchemist. Don't think anything pertinent or major was lost, and I hope this doesn't uh, interrupt your listening pleasure. With that being said, over to the medium-sized mang. The following podcast gimmick has been paid for by Look at the Adjective. It's great weather for black leather. Hello and welcome to Look at the Adjective. We are here to podcast. The World Cup's over. We've got nothing better to do. I am the excellence of lexicution, John Mack. And I'm joined, as always, by the original NWOite, a man who looks damn good in black and white. He always gets the Hollywood spotlight. It doesn't work for him, brother. Me and Mark Ralford. How are you doing, mate? You all right? Oh, not bad, mate. I thought you were at work today. <laughs> I was. I was. <laughs> Pull that out of the bag. Been productive, mate. It even rhymed. It was perfect. That I'm good, mate. How are you doing? Uh, yeah, not too bad. Bit of a weird day, but you know, we've got some uh, WWF. I'm quite, I'm quite looking forward to it. It's, we've, we've bobbed over to Vince's world for a yep. brief sojourn, <laughs> but there is a press a show of the year, Mark. Yeah, it is. So, what could that possibly mean? Well, I've heard, heard whispers of um, a cretin of the year. I think we put out a little tweet the other day, didn't we? With um, well, that was the Hall of Fame. Oh, the Hall see, of Fame yes. will be on our next show. But this yes. is just cretin of the year, and then we're going to induct someone into immortality next <laughs> next time out. Showcase of the immortals. Yeah, showcase of the morons. It's, <laughs> it's cretin of the year. Whoa. So, this is a big one. We've got five nominees for Cretin of the Year. We've got, we're not going to get balls deep into everything they've done this year because we'd be here for fucking days. But yep. first up, Dave Meltzer. Yep. Goes without saying, really. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Every, everything he's done is his sliding scale of doom. His contradiction on his sliding scale of doom is. <laughs> Arguments with people who know about TV ratings. That's ge- his general networks. just refuses to die down, like refuses to to admit a defeat or anything like that as well. Yeah, he's he's like that. He's like he's like Ric Flair in a little way. Like you can beat the fuck out of him, but this this old fart just refuses to die. <laughs> he will not go quietly, will he? No. <laughs> Mel- Meltzer is he's got to be a top tier candidate. He really has. He's He's yeah. been he's been sort of every other at least every other week he's done some. He's always uh, here, there, and about, and he he's always knocking about yeah. somewhere. Yeah, so he's, he's always pushing for top four, isn't he? <laughs> In the peripheries. In the peripheries, but a guy who's on the are pretty much I'd say on the same level as old Davy Meltzer, and these two these two are pretty much nose to nose for the Hall of First Ballot Hall of Fame. It's uh, come on, baby, Chris Jericho. 
again, a man a man who is is featured heavily almost every not every week, maybe he's, he's had the odd few weeks off, but I've I've grown he's not, tired. He's not far behind, is he? I've grown tired of speaking of this man over the yeah. over the last however long. But yeah, he's just there's no end to his cretinity, I'm afraid. And he will continue See, and continue. Meltzer and Jericho to me are sort of two sides of the same kind of both two people sort of flogging their dead horse yeah. ad nauseum and will just just not stop and they've got to always say something to keep to try and keep relevant maybe not keep relevant but try and keep relevant the pretty much and I know the little buddies and which makes me laugh I find it equally cretinous from Meltzer how he's very much a, a Jericho apologist and Jerry and but yet Meltzer claims to be anti-Trump and Jericho's the most Trump fucker in the world along with the, like the young books and whatnot. Yeah, I mean Jer- Jericho more so. Yeah. yeah. Next on the nominees list is a guy he don't pop up as often, but when he does, he he pops up like a hernia. It's Vince Russo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean he, he hadn't he hadn't popped up for months, isn't he? But he made a re- reappearance of a week. He's a man, like you said, when he comes out, he comes out with serious material. It's been months in the making when he uh, when he pulls out, especially when he was on about um, being a consultant for Raw for for two years that time. And it was the most elaborate load of bollocks anyone ever, ever had come out with. And pretty much yeah. instantly, the source said it was a load of nonsense. Um, he, he storyboarded that in his, in his like, living room. Yeah. And he's, got, he's got everything out. Right, bro. <laughs> but adding to his credibility, the Vice Vince McMahon documentary, John's quick capture review, piece of shit. <laughs> he's on that like everywhere, and his gesticulation and his the cadence of his voice. It's like, and I mean everything like that, and it's always sort of that, and it's horrendous. So that just adds to his adds to his credibility to me, but I I don't know. It all depends what we're looking at. Are we going volume? Are we going like levels yeah. of, of moronity? Here? Because if you go in levels of moronity, he's up there. But if you're going for volume, not much. Not much. The first two are much more Active. on the volume scale. But they're never as moronic as him. It's just one. It, the thing with them two is you just sort of roll your eyes and go, "Oh, this again." Yeah. But yeah. someone who is in the volume stakes <laughs> and and levels of moronity, head and shoulders above most people, the disco dipshit Glenn Gilberti. <laughs> yeah. Did you know what it is? That I was just thinking the other day. We haven't actually heard from him in a little while. He's been a bit quiet last 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 month or so. But he's not being quiet. He's still been trolling everyone like fucking mad, but (laughs) it's not something that's come up like in our sort of radius. He always tends to rear his ugly head eventually, though, doesn't he? Oh, God, yeah. (laughs) He's had had a multitude of nominations over the last six months, hasn't he, or whatever it is. He's He's a repeat offender. He is. I mean, some of the stuff he comes out with is just ridiculous. Do you, remember, do you remember that one where he where he had to do with Kenny Omega? Yeah. And I even had to take up for Omega. That's how bad it was, yeah. That's how bad he is that you have to stick up for Omega. I know, it makes your skin crawl a little bit. <laughs> La- last on our uh, five names of doom <laughs> is 
a guy who's, I think he's cretinous by accident. I think he's cretinous because he listens to the wrong people. Yeah. I think he's deep down, he's a nice guy. But I think in terms of levels, I think he's probably done the most cretinous thing this year. Mm. And that is Tony Khan. Yeah. By letting the biggest draw in his company mosey yeah. on out. See that that for me, if it, if I was purely judging myself, that that's the most creditous thing that happened this year in wrestling. Hundred percent, and 100%. he's he's he is front and center of it. And yeah, uh, for me, for me, for that reason alone, for that incident alone, maybe he's maybe he's not done as many others as many things as other people, but that that for me was the the most creditous moment of the year and. It has to give him a, a strong, strong candidacy to win it for me. It's taken him from sort of third yeah. to teetering on the brink of being yeah. given this this illustrious award. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one because because of him, he's in a way harmed two of the biggest acts in my favourite things to watch: CM yeah. Punk and by by association FDR. They're never on time yeah. anymore, and there's a reason for that. Um, and, no matter what, and, then with, says. and the knock-on effects of like we don't get Punk MJF two, we don't get, no. you know, we don't get all the all the other stuff that we don't get Punk Danielson and yeah. and stuff that would have been must see TV for well, definitely for me and you, and I'm, I'm assuming for a lot of people, a lot of people before everyone started turning on him because he because he doesn't have little gimps in his corner, but I just think. That that was the, the the big talking point of the entire year, wasn't it? For for everyone, yeah. and and it was just you couldn't you couldn't switch on Twitter your app on Twitter without seeing a new report about it, and it was it was just and it's it's his his responsibility as well to plug leaks, and he just didn't do it for a long time, and he just letting all sorts of crap coming out of his company. What are you thinking then? Because I I think I I don't necessarily think he would be like a Hall of Fame credit, a Hall of Fame sort. Of, do you know what I mean? But I think in terms no. of that one moment, yeah. it's hard to. It's not it's not Hall of Fame worthy. I don't believe right now, but solely based on this year, yeah, he's done the most cretinous thing, and the add-ons and the and the knock-on effects of this cretinous thing. And I think I think old Tony just edges Meltzer and Jericho. I never thought I'd say it, but yeah, it's just just because of how it's affected myself watching it. I don't get to watch yeah. my favourite guy ever because of because he didn't have the balls basically to to nip things in the bud early, and that's it. And he he didn't he didn't and want it because go on. His, his business is suffering for it. So oh he's, God, yeah. He's fucked himself at the end of the day. Yep. And and millions of people potentially. Who, could, oh, God, who yeah. wanted to? Who wanted to watch his product because CM Punk was on it, and it was quality television. In our opinion, obviously, a lot of people don't believe the ratings might prove in the pain. Yeah, plus he's cost himself money. Cost himself money. The amount of money he could have been making with MJF, with Danielson, yeah. even even with Jericho, maybe. I, mean, I know that I know there's egos there, but you know what I mean. You've got you've got money and stuff like that. And he just sort of he just decided with a bunch of fucking prats. Yeah. At the end of the day. But yeah, um, is that is that what we're going for? I think creating the year Tony Khan, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Tony, but 
I know you're a ni- probably a nice geezer, but for that one incident alone, it was the biggest talking point for months and months and months on this show in particular. <laughs> try, try and have a better 2023, mate. Hopefully so. Hopefully. <laughs> try, try patch things up with punk if you can. <laughs> Doubt it though. But it doesn't. It doesn't end there with the cretininity. No. We're taking that trip to that saggy, yellow, white-haired old man, Ric Flair. It's another Woo Watch, guys. Woo! Now, saggy. <laughs> here's a bit. I mean, come on. Yeah, come true. on. I, all, I thought this would be a festive Woo Watch. I thought this would be Flair in a Santa suit with little elves on his knee being all manner of creepy. Yeah, but no, he's he's left it to the end of the year to come out with vitriolic, hate-filled hate speech. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, all right, okay, it's not that bad, but he's been having he's having a pop at a couple of people. One of them, fair enough. The other one, eh, feel yeah. a bit sorry for him. Now, the first person he's had a pop at is Eric Bischoff. Now, it's it's no surprise that he's had a pop at Bischoff. They're not known to be great friends. No. But not only is having a pop at Bischoff, he's putting Mr. McMahon over like you wouldn't believe. Really? Either, because obviously, you know, they're, they're both in that club, aren't they? So Yeah. No. They stick together, as we've said many a time. <laughs> His association with Mike Tyson's deplorable, but you can't bring that up because he'll probably cry. <laughs> so he said on his podcast... Yep. He's like, you're not going to get, he says, you're not going to get a negative word out of him about Vince. He loves Vince. He's entitled to whatever he wants. And and I'm telling you, shame on the people who don't think so. He built it. Nobody else built it. Uh, nobody helped him. I think some people did help him. I'm saying Hulk Hogan, maybe one of them. Yeah. He fought every war. I mean, you're talking about Bischoff again. And Bischoff says they were the only competition. Or Eric was a visionary for 83 weeks. Well, all he did was use Turner's money, not his own, and he bought 83 weeks. He didn't outsmart McMahon. He bought 83 weeks with somebody else's money, which eventually bankrupted the company. Um, Right, okay. He did bankrupt the company, and he did spend money like it was going out of fashion, but he outsmarted McMahon for 83 weeks, the NWO. Of course he did. Regardless of how we're looking at it with 2022 eyes now, was the hottest thing in 1996. And into 1997, and for a year and a half, McMahon couldn't touch him. It was only the serendipitous coalescence of like Austin coming through, and then the Rock slightly after. Yeah, that that did it. And you can you can spin it whatever way you want with the DX bollocks and the and you know this Russo booked shite. But it was it was the two two of the biggest stars in the history of the business. Coming together time. at the same time, yeah. so you can, no matter. I think Eric Bischoff's a tool, but fuck me, he's the only man oh, who's ever look. beat. He's only a man who's ever beaten Vince at his own game for an extended period of time. Yeah, of course he is. And they were battering him. Let's be honest, they were battering him. And you can't, uh, whether or not he's hundred percent involved with it, but he put he he was in control of the television, so. You know, you can't. I think Bischoff's an t- absolute toss pot, but the guy, the guy did. The guy was pretty successful for a, for a short period of time, anyway. Exactly, and he goes on to say he didn't get Hogan. Flair went and got Hogan. 
which I think he did. I think he had a, no, I think Flair had a word with Hogan because they he, he were in the WWF together. Why would Hogan know a pissant working downstairs in a camera room? Well, <laughs> if uh, Bischoff was a pissant working downstairs in a camera room, I think Bischoff was the guy at the time. I think he'd just got the job and I think yeah. he did Hulk Hogan. So, and he didn't find Savage or Piper, he got but he got all of them. So, apparently. <sighs> Well, that's just and then, put himself over in it. Fucking hell. it is. It is a bit, but I mean, there's probably there's probably truth to that. But the problem with Flair is he, the truth and you know the not the uncensored sort of. I don't think he knows where the line is with it. Yeah. So Bischoff's also said that he made Ric Flair, <laughs> and the Horseman didn't draw money, which is bollocks from Bischoff's point of view. Flair's come back with. I've gone back, and all I said was he's an arrogant prick, but now I can say he's an arrogant prick with no friends. It's getting a bit bit spicy, that, isn't it? It is, and then he's he's come out and said he's far worse than Jim Hurd for me and uh, far worse for the business. I I think there's many people who disagree with that, but, yeah, it was pretty fucking bad with both of them. But what's I I don't... I, I expect him to not like Bischoff. Yeah, there's been needle for twenty odd years there, but what I didn't expect was him to uh, turn on a friend of his. Who is that? Good old Jr. Bagad. Mm. Yeah, that is. A... So because Jr. appeared on the Dark Side of the Ring, playing right from Hell documentary, right? Rick Flair's took umbrage with that because right. he's, you know, done him a done him a wrong basically. Probably by shouldn't telling the, by telling the truth. <laughs> pro- probably shouldn't have whipped your cock out in front of an unsuspecting woman, then, Rick. Well, this is it. Probably, probably shouldn't have done. <laughs> the, the quote from Jr. on the thing was, "He's the life of the party. If you know him, you know where to exit. It's mm. your own safe place. Or if you don't know the rules, you'll find yourself in deep water." So he was also asked why Flair wasn't suspended or punished. And he's put, and JR said, I guess for a lack of a better term, he was a made man. He was such mm-hmm. a high-level made man that he got a pass. Was it the right thing to do? I don't know. You're listening to it, folks. You decide he got a pass. So this is what Flair, <laughs> Flair had to say. Right. Because Jim Ross, you know, told the truth about him getting his cock out and, you know, assaulting women on a plane. Yeah. How, how dare he? Yeah. He's put, Jim Ross lost every bit of credibility with me in life. In life, not just wrestling, in life. In spite of calling me the greatest wrestler of all time, got to get himself over in there as well, <laughs> or or whatever he said in his induction, when he jumps on Dark Side of the Ring because he's starving for and leaning on in life is to be relevant because he isn't. Oh, fuck off, Rick. Right, let's, let's be honest, Rick. JR, to be fair to him, he's on national TV and pay-per-view still. You're not. Yeah. If there's one person clinging on to relevancy, it's fucking Ric Flair. Yeah. Jesus. You're ploughing out Mont Evist pills, for fuck's sake. <laughs> JR, whether he's phoning it in or not, he's still fucking commentating every week, isn't he? Exactly. Jesus. And he's like, I can I can forgive JR for Dark Side, clearly. Which I have which he has done apparently, because there's nothing worth it, but I don't appreciate it. Well, why bring it up so and keep it to yourself? So you've not forgiven him then? If you've... Exactly. And then 
Jerry Lawler text him, apparently. Another part of that Ill- illustrious club. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> he says, I don't know how many other people have said to me, what the fuck did Jim Ross mean? You got to know when to walk away from Flair. I think it's pretty obvious, Rick. You know, yeah. you get you, you get on the booze, you get a bit mental. And, a bit touchy. You know, yeah, you don't, and you drag people along with you because yeah. you're like a for, you were like a force of nature. And he says, Boy. "Well, the W, well, the WWE learned to, learned when to walk away from Jim Ross." I'll give over. He's got in a thirtieth uh, Raw reunion. Do you think he is Jim Ross? Me, he means Jim Ross is on an uh, opposing promotion. I don't think he's. I don't think he's bothered. <laughs> oh my God! Do you know what I mean, what if a sad, work. sad little man he is. Really. This is this is the this is the worst we watch because he's just become this little bitter knobhead. Yeah, I get the bishops, I get the bishop stuff, but we've heard that for twenty years. How much you? Yeah, but this is ridiculous. But JR's not even said they've been bad. He's just like, look, told him know, what happened. He's probably just said what he's what, what he experienced. If JR saw Flair was getting to a point where he was getting a bit daft, I'm going to take myself out of that situation, and that's the yeah. end of it. So, and so you should. We've all got mates like that when you think, oh, fucking hell, he's, it's two in the morning, he wants to go to the strip club, he yeah. wants to get a bag of sniff or something. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I'm going home, mate. Do you know what I mean? I yeah, can't be asking him over that. No, I'm going to end up in a dustbin somewhere. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If you stay out, you, 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 we all have that kind of mate and we all know where it goes and we all know when to call it a night. Yeah. But then he, he, he ploughs on. Jim Ross will always be my favourite announcer. <laughs> I'm not diminishing his skills. No, you're diminishing him as a human, right? And as a friend, yeah. right? I'm not like Eric saying I was no good at anything. He's got to get himself. It's, it's, it's the bitterness about what people have said about him. Yeah. Right, Eric Bischoff saying that Ric Flair couldn't draw and was no good at anything. His bollocks. We all know that. Ric Flair. Yeah. Ric Flair. Ric Flair was, He's was got a lot one of, of the best. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Ric Flair, that's his new name. Uh, we all know Ric Flair's one of the greatest of all time. In the ring, on the mic, yeah. and as a money draw. And then he's going, I thought Jim Ross was uh, one of my best friends. Everyone's his best friend, to be fair. A friend doesn't do that to you. He's not even said anything that bad. No, he hasn't. He? And it's fucking pathetic. It really is talk pathetic. About, talk about J.R., a bloke who's got enough shit on his plate. He lost his wife. He's had cancer recently. Doesn't need no. this fucking shape from Ric Flair if I'm just trying to stay fucking, trying to keep his image clean, which has been dirty for bloody years at this yeah. point. This is damage control for him being an absolute roboplegic roncock. <laughs> I know. It is. It is. It is. He's just looking after himself, isn't he? That's all of it is. Of course he is. Yeah. This, is, this has got McMahon levels of, you know, like, right, the thing with the difference between him and McMahon, McMahon goes the other way. He just doesn't say anything. He, go, he no-sells the fuck out of it. Yeah. Where Rick, Rick Flair talks far too much about it. Yeah, it becomes it becomes a thing, doesn't it? Every time he yeah, talks, it's about like, it. yeah, does protest plus, too much. That 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 side of the ring thing was months ago at this point. Why is he only just talking about it now? Because because that uh, Vice TV McMahon documentary was essentially five dark side of the rings uh, excerpts spliced together with a bit more Russo, a bit about Vince's childhood, and, and the and the bit about the current stuff. It was turned. It was an absolute. Lazy show, yeah, yeah, it's a lazy show, wasn't it? And um, because that's probably been prominent 
and it's been tied in with Vince, and then they had the plane ride from Helfing, and it showed a bit of the uh, fire stuff. I see. Um, it's all sort of come to the forefront. But, yeah, Rick, do us a favour, mate. Go back to, you know, selling with Mike Tyson and, and, and it's a bit more, It's a bit easier to talk about that. Yeah, a bit, <laughs> a bit more comical. I mean, it is nefariously comical because you, you have a convicted rapist. But yeah. at the end of the day, mate, you're a scumbag. Plain as You know, what you, own up to what you did. Take the Just take the hit on it and apologise for it. And maybe people will give you a bit more respect and credit. Yeah, probably. That's the end of the flare portion this week because we are <laughs> not going to WCW. No. We're going to Madison Square Garden, New York City, baby, for... Survivor Series 1996. The World Wrestling Federation. For over 50 years, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment. The Big Apple. It's the city that never sleeps. And this weekend, it's as if every New Yorker had consumed an extra cup of caffeine. The World Wrestling Federation took over the world's greatest city across the radio waves, on television, and in print. And last night, thousands flocked to the Marriott Marquis in Times Square for the annual WWF Hall of Fame banquet. But tonight, it's the main event. Tonight, the heartbreak kid Shawn Michaels defends the title against the dangerous and unpredictable Psycho Sid. Tonight, living legend Brett the Hitman Hart returns to the squared circle to battle the menacing Stone Cold Steve Austin. Tonight, The Undertaker looks to finally lay mankind and Paul Bearer to rest. And tonight, who will survive the grueling Survivor Series elimination matches? Live from New York, Milton Bradley Karate Fighters presents the 1996 WWF Survivor Series. Welcome everyone to the WWF Survivor Series. Welcome to Madison Square Garden. Mr. Banner along with Jerry the King Lawler and good old JR. We have tremendous action for you. And we're going to kick it off with a tag team matchup extraordinaire. Ladies and gentlemen, the name of the game is to survive. The matches continue to one team, not one man. The four men have been eliminated. Anything can happen. You're right. Let me just shut up, McMahon. I'm going to tell you, you're looking at the number one survivor. I'm going to beat them all. I might even start with you, McMahon. You're the one that's not going to survive the night, I So, I was just before we get into it, did you have you seen this pay per view before? I'd be lying if I said I had. I've seen I've seen matches from it, mainly Brett Austin. But I've, I've oh, seen so you've bit, seen that one before. I've seen Brett and Austin before, and I've seen I've seen snippets of Sean and um, and Sid, but not a full not a full match. So that was it, really. There was a lot of it was quite fresh to me. But the main matches I've sort of seen bits and pieces of before. Yeah. It's it's a bit like the way I describe this match, the Brett Austin match, this one, like the first one out of the two. Yeah. It's it's, it's a, a great setup punk- match. Yeah, it's a smashing pumpkins analogy. It's it's the gish to WrestleMania thirteen Siamese dream. It's like that that introduction before you get to the big bang yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. So we start off, we get a, a short, sharp, concise Todd Petting Zoo intro. <laughs> he covers he covers the three top matches, uh Taker yep. Mankind, Sid, Sean, and Brett Austin. And yep. 
he also covers briefly the Hall of Fame, which was the night before. Yeah, I didn't realise they used to do it before Survivor Series. They didn't. I think it was a one-off. They did it before King of the Ring the year before, and this was the last one they did till, I think, it was... Because essentially, they'd not got anybody they could put in that wouldn't right. likely show up on WCW. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, if you think point. about it, Pipe, Pipe was on WCW, Hogan, Savage, you know, like a lot of yeah. their big guys or were dead. A lot of them were dead as well. So I, I, what do you think of that intro package? I quite liked it. I thought, I thought yeah, it covered all right. bases. Yeah, it was. I mean, he's it's, it's not going to blow Concise. me away. I mean, Todd, Todd Petting Zoo's voice hasn't got the gravitas of... <laughs> Of like that guy who does that, they get to do all the you know a lot of the intros, yeah, the movie guy, yeah, or yeah. like a Fred Blassie or somebody like that, yeah. But yeah, it wasn't too bad. He we got get, his, uh, he got all his stuff in. He, he did what he needed to do. Yeah, I didn't mind. Yeah, he got he brain caged it, got his shit yeah, in. He got shit. <laughs> so we've got Vince, we've got Jerry Lawler, and we've got Jr. on yep. comms. No bullshit, straight into it. And Lawler says, out of everybody in, on tonight, he will be the one who survives. <laughs> he wasn't, though, was he? <laughs> no, no, he wasn't. No. Sorry, sorry uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> he wasn't at all. <laughs> no. First match, interesting. We've got British Bulldog, David Roy Smith. Elimination Survivor Series match, wasn't it? That's it. Owen Hart, Party Marty Ginetti. And the future Al Snow, leave Cassidy. <laughs> they're with Clarence Mason. Yep. And they're they're versing versus the Godwins with Hillbilly Jim and Doug Furness and Phil LaFon. See, I wasn't familiar with them too, but you informed me they're quite well respected in Japan in their day, weren't they? Yeah, they're, they're very good in the ring. They're like like Furness was like a big gripper, power lifter and football star. So he's like the power. LaFon's yeah. like the technicality. I mean, Furnace is pretty decent in the ring anyway, but like LaFon's more like a technical guy. But they got they were big in Japan because bless them, they're not they're not great personalities. Right. So they didn't really they were better to go to Japan, but where it's just about the matches, more or less. And America's like more about the personalities, that's why they didn't, didn't flounder. But if you want to just watch a tag team match purely on in ring, they are great. Yeah. Dave Davy looks mint. So yeah. does so does Owen with his slammy. Yeah. so so. And Cassidy just looks like Al Snow. That's what, that's the only thing I can that's the only <laughs> way I can describe him, Al Snow. That's yeah. what I called him in all my notes. <laughs> and Andlebar moustache just needs just needs head tattooed across his head. <laughs> Raven lunatic Marty Marty Ginetti starts it off though, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. Oh, party Marty, yeah. <laughs> I, as I, I put in mind, I didn't have a clue who the guys in the trunks were, but I, I was actually impressed with them. the blue trunks, yeah. obviously. Uh, but I was impressed with them as the match went on. The, I find so the, these matches very difficult to, to to sort of track, though. That's the only thing. Yeah, me too. I, I had to, I had to go above and beyond to do this. <laughs> First of all, did you see that blimp? No. There's like a little blimp that floats around the arena and, and Jim Ross comes out and said, oh, I thought that blimp was cornet with a sign painted on him. <laughs> <laughs> I must have missed that. <laughs> That's very American, that, isn't it? The indoor blimp. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I, I, you yeah, saw that I lot of like, NBA matches and stuff, didn't you, in the 90s and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
the nineties. <laughs> so Janetti tries to sneak up and and on everyone, and then he starts clapping because he's trying to be a babyface, even though he's clearly not. He's on the heel uh, team. There's Lafon Le- Le- and Marty start, so Marty slaps him. Lafon kicks, chops, clubs, and works the arm with a wrist lock. It was a nice reversal of monkey flip by Marty, and Lafon clotheslines his fucking head off, basically. <laughs> JR calls, keeps calling Marty Janetti a geek. I don't know why, he just keeps calling him a geek. I'll tell you who calls people geeks a lot. Brian Alvarez. Brian Alvarez loves that. Yeah. Hello, hello, Pot. This is the kettle. Uh, you're black, mate. <laughs> he's having his geek going, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Old Leaf slash Al Snow is in. <laughs> Matt work. Al Snow's really good in the ring, to be fair. Yeah. Over until he started doing the hardcore shit. <laughs> yeah. True. There's a nice leg drag by Lafon. Big Phineas is in. A- Lovely. Yeah. That's what you want. <laughs> <laughs> he spits in the air, catches it, and then runs it through his hair. It's awful that. That's Scruffy slimy, slimy stuff that. Yeah. And he gets it in a pace slows right fucking down. So that's where I, so, I start to get turned off by the match then. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? Every, there's like six of them are decent. Yeah. Some some of them much better than the others, but like two I don't know, even Mark Canterbury, Henry Godwin's like a good big man, but Phineas is the fucking dirt he's worst. Sure. He's shocking, isn't he? Really is. Yeah. It's a nice body slam by Leaf. He spits and slaps at the pig. I'm calling him pig from now on because it's Phineas and Godwin. <laughs> Phineas uses his power until Janetti interferes and then the bulldog and Owen join in. There's nice aggression and double team stuff. Nice distraction and choking spot because you know the, the heels. You don't see that much these days. Yeah, uh, big big fucking stomp fest to Phineas, who's getting done over. Is all four get the heat on him. Plenty of quick tags and Leaf hits a big clothesline, leg drop. Jeanette hits a nice back elbow, a face plant, and gets uh, crotched up top and misses his elbow. Big Henry's in. Big Henry. <laughs> big Henry. Either Marty's hurt or he's selling his leg well. Because he can't even hit the ropes when the Irish whips him. He sort of like falls down. And like... Yeah, it was interesting. But then I thought, wait, it's Marty Jeanette. Is he just off his tits? Probably. More Possibly. than likely. So he gets a slop drop on him and Jeanette is gone. Owen Wheel kicks Henry for free. Quick double bubble there. Lovely. That was nice. It's... I like that. Quickened it up a bit. That's it because obviously you've just pinned the guy. So he's like, oh, buzz it. And then... You, you can get perfect time to get him. Yeah, yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Old pig goes off his head, and uh, bulldog gets his running power slam and eliminates uh, old Phineas. Yeah, so that's a three peat. It goes really quick now, doesn't it? The pace starts to really quicken. Yeah, nice powerhouse face off between Davy and Doug. Him and Leaf get uh, heat on Doug, and Owen goes at him in the corner. A T-bone suplex by Leaf for two, which was really nice. Hope spot spine buster by Doug Furness. Bulldog's in, he tags Owen on the sly, dropped down by Davey, and yeah. Owen catches Doug with a, a peach of a drop kick. Beautiful. Owen out drop kick, need to say more, and then he Picture gets a big perfect. lariat. And then old Owen pulls out a beautiful fisherman for two. As we mm. all know, big fan of the fisherman. <laughs> yeah. <Here> we know. They're <laughs> out there in the old lake trying to find old Greg. <laughs> <laughs> Not you, fireplace. <laughs> <laughs> Not you, man dressed as a naan bread. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> Huge vertical suplex by David and a kip up. Nice cocky heel stuff. Really good. Mm. Really nice gut buster by Cassidy. Lafon gets a reverse suplex off the top rope for free, which was oh. fucking naughty. Explosive. It was naughty. Yeah, Explosive. it was brilliant. Lovely that. Now we get the tag tag match. It should have just been. Yeah, should have been a tag title match, shouldn't it? Exactly, Lafon and Furnace versus Davian Bull, uh, Davian Owen. So, what McMahon comes out after uh, Lafon's reverse superplex is what a maneuver! First one of the night. <laughs> what a maneuver! We get a nice seven point five on the steamboat by Lafon. Nice Lafon. mat work, hook kick for two. They get into an, ex- an exchange and Owen's in. Lovely overhead belly-to-belly by Owen. Lovely. Neck breaker, second rope elbow, in Sigori, too. Shame, because that would have been nice. Yeah. It was just a classic Owen. Low blow to Lafon by Davy. No DQ, ref sees it. Yeah, it was quite bit, low, that so one. There's a lot of shit in this, in this pay-per-view ref-wise as well. Yeah. He keeps Lafon out, but Lafon catches Davy with a roll-up for free, and Davy's gone. Yeah. Owen's on his Todd. Davy chop blocks Lafon in anger. Owen zones in with kicks, leg sweeps. The Monty proper goes for it. Puts on a clinic of work in the leg, basically, in like three minutes. It's fucking Sounds amazing. Like beautiful to watch, isn't it? Yeah. Brilliant. Sharpshooter, no dice because Doug Furnish comes in. Reversing Sigori, hope spot by Lafon. Hot tag with a bit of a pop, even though it was a debut. Yeah. You know, he got nice a bit of volume to it. I think what they were doing in the ring made them, you know, the fans get into him. It was a good crowd tonight, to be fair. Yeah. Ferdis cleans up using his power. Peach of a drop kick for two. Overhead belly to belly, foot on ropes. Release German for free. One of the one of the better of these kind of matches. Usually they're the shits, but this was this the last was ten brought, minutes was really good, wasn't it? Yeah. It was yeah. brought to a competency by the people who were in it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, the first bit was a bit slow where it, you couldn't you couldn't really get into it, but then when it, the pace started to quicken, it was yeah. quite fun actually. Nice fun match. I'm guessing there's going forward they probably had a little feud with these guys for the tag titles. Or, or the I, can't, you know, I can't remember, but I wouldn't mind uh, having a gander at it because yeah, I was I, I I think they could be really good. You might not get the you get the promo off Owen, but I don't think yeah. you get the promo off the rest of them. You just get David saying, "I'm coming to the be in ring yeah, stuff, in, in ring wise, you know, imagine that in Japan kind of thing where you don't have to worry about that shit. Yeah, that'd be good, wouldn't it? That would be good. Uh, yeah, so that nice, nice start. I mean, it, it started slow, but then it got really good. I, I like the finish. It was an unexpected finish, actually, because I didn't really expect those guys to win. Here with Rocky Maivia, just hours before Survivor Series, the garden is empty and a little bit quiet right now. Final preparations are being made. While it's quiet, you can feel a buzz in the arena. Now, it's not going to be anything compared to what we're going to hear in just a few hours, but I would imagine that while you're quiet on the outside, there's quite a buzz in the in the inside. You got a few butterflies? Just a couple of butterflies, but nothing but solid emotion and intensity. I'm ready to roll. You know, we've been uh, documenting your, your life leading up to this moment, and uh, I know I cannot wait to see you get into the ring tonight and compete. Um, I know you're going to be in there with teammates, uh, and, and that's got to be a different feeling for you. But uh, really, this, the, the star of Rocky Maivia could begin to shine very brightly tonight. Well, I hope so. And, and speaking of bright stars and how they shine so bright, 20 years ago, my grandfather was here in this very same arena. Fortunately, he's no longer with us, and I know he's looking down on me right now. And 10 years ago, my father was here in this same arena. And tonight, 
in the 90s. I'm here in the same arena representing my family, and I just want to give 110% effort, and I don't want to let my teammates down, and hopefully I can do something tonight that would really make my family proud. Well, I know it was probably a, a bit of a thrill uh, coming into the locker room area this morning uh, and seeing some of the greats, some of the idols uh, in the World Wrestling Federation. I'll tell you what, Kevin, just, just walking, in the, walking in Madison Square Garden and walking in the locker room and just setting my wrestling bag down and looking around and imagining all the history that is in this dressing room that I'm changing in and, and walking around, seeing guys like Bret Hart and the WWF champ Shawn Michaels, it's, it's something else. Think about it. We see all these empty seats now, and in just a few hours, all the eyes of the building, Madison Square Garden, they're all going to be focused in on you. Not only the people here in Madison Square Garden, but a pay-per-view audience around the world. Does that uh, kind of get you a little bit more intense? Does it add any more pressure to what you're already going through? Pressure, no. Intensity, absolutely. 110%. And additional plus is just thinking about the millions of people who are going to be watching on pay-per-view. And I just want to make my teammates happy and serve them well and, and hopefully, like I said before, if I could do something tonight, hopefully I can to really make my family proud. There you see it live. New York City, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, next up we get the very, very first rock interview. Old Rocky Maivia is in is in with Kevin Kelly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you reckon to this one? Like he was it. He was in the MC Arena before the thing, wasn't he? Yeah, it was a pre-tape, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a pre-tape, and he's he's got his uber baby face shit yeah. going down. He's got butterflies, but he's got intensity as well. He's, and he's he got does... memories memories of his dad and and stuff like that, and his grandfather yeah. in this arena. So it's sort of it's sort of quite emotional and things like that. But yeah, um, it wasn't quite uh, where you what uh, what he became, obviously, but. Um, as it, you wouldn't expect it to be. I, I thought, I thought there was there was some charisma bubbling under there. Yeah, but nothing. There was nothing to say. Oh, he's going to be the biggest megastar in the fucking world. Do no. you know what I mean? You, you don't know that, do you? So, of course not. Of course not. Well, then we get another backstage pre-tape. Seven, can you hear it? Yes, I can, Vince. I'm also here with Paul Bear. And uh, Mr. Bear, in just moments, you will be raised high above the ring. In a small cage, you'll be unable to interfere. And if the Undertaker can incapacitate mankind enough, you'll be lowered right back down into so. the Undertaker's waiting arms. I don't arms. think so. I'm not going in no cage. I'm not an animal. I'm not going in a cage. Because I'm Paul Bear, and you're not. Don't worry, Uncle Paul. Think back to buried alive. Think back to with his last dying gasp how the Undertaker came to life. It doesn't bother me because I know whatever form you take, Undertaker, you'll be crawling with your gasping breath down the aisle of Madison Square Garden and I will stop you like the cockroaches I used to call dinner and just like those lovely insects at Survivor Series, Undertaker. I'm going to eat you alive! What did I say? Yes, yes, yes! It's yeah. all Mankind with Paul Bearer in the bowels of the building with Kevin <laughs> Kelly again. He's pretty ubiquitous tonight, old, old Kevin. What do you think of this one, Mankind? Just qual- just, just classic Mankind, wasn't it? Really. I mean, it was, it was more it was more Bearer, but um, it was all about, they were on about the sort of Bearer being in a shark cage, weren't they? He's like, I'm not going in a cage and all this. 
<laughs> and he sort of, and I was just thinking, well, you obviously are, though, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> you obviously are going in a cage. I'm not, I'm not just going to get a cage for nothing. You're definitely going in it. <laughs> so that bit was a, it, it was quite funny, actually, because I was just thinking to myself, well, you probably are, though, let's be honest, Paul. I thought and it was then, the obligatory uh, standard, absolute top tier corker from Foley. I mean, he says oh, stuff God, like, yeah. um, he's going to eat, take her alive, just like the cockroaches he used to call dinner. That's great. That was so, it's so fucking sinister. It's so, like, it's so dark. No, it's just like, it's unhinged. Just so, it's so unhinged. Yeah. It's so, like, psychopathic. It's amazing. There's no one, no one does that quite like Mick Foley, I'm afraid. He's just—he's so believable, isn't he? He's he really so believable. Is. He's amazing. But then we cut no no messing about. We get straight to this match. Definitely, um, God, he's, he's, he moved. He shifted fast, didn't he? Foley. Uh, I know he got straight out. Uh, so obviously Foley comes out to his sort of very somber music and very. I love that entrance. Yeah, it's great. Obviously, Bear is still going. I'm not going in there. I don't know why I keep doing the impression. Quite that... a good impression of him, obviously. It's not that bad, is it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, we haven't seen Taker since he got buried alive, apparently. So, what's it, is it? He's been. We've been promised a new Taker, a new attitude, and all this. And he he comes down from the sky. He's got like dragon Batman. wings on and all it's sorts. Like and... It's about it's about. Something like that, yeah, probably. So someone's, uh, someone's been watching Nitro. <laughs> so he's he's in full full black gimmick, full black leather, very Sting esque, you could say. They must have, oh, must have. How can you have... work in leather? <laughs> so so Taker comes down. He's got the same tune. He's got the same like dong, you know, the, the bell yeah. tolls and stuff. Like the same music, isn't it? He's not quite gone for the old limp biscuit yet. <laughs> fucking, fucking pop on that though. Oh god, yeah. Yeah, great pop. Uh, standard it, to take uh, him. Not quite. Tarrant worthy? Not quite. Fair enough. Fair Not enough. Quite. We'll Fair get enough. to that. We'll get to that. So Taker comes out, he, go, he goes straight for Bear, who sort of eventually locks himself in the cage. So you're talking That's shit, weren't you, Paul? Yeah. <laughs> 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 it sort of worked in that regard. That was the only reason he was going to go in there to get away from him. This this feud's long ongoing, isn't it? I mean, I know it went on for a long, long time, but um, we've seen... I think it was sort of pay-per-views. Yeah. I think it was four pay-per-views, and then they didn't do anything again till sort of 98, I don't believe. Yeah. Quality again, really. Not as good as oh, some of the other matches, but, you know, what you expect from these two geezers. They just sort of clicked, didn't they, instantly. Every time yeah. I watched them have a match, I just think how in- how it actually more insulting it became that Taker didn't mention him in his speech. Massively, yeah, yeah. I, ca- I can't believe he didn't mention him. This guy... This guy like made, or not a made him, but he reinvented him. To, they reinvented he legitimized him. him. Yeah, he legitimized him because Taker was doing goofy comedy opponents like Giant Gonzalez and you know just quick squashes at Mania against Jay Roberts and, yeah. and Snooker and stuff. But yeah, I think Mankind legitimized him because he had someone as equally a strange, weird, yeah, yeah. And different to, to work with. That was. It wasn't comical. No, it was serious as well. At the time, it was. I mean, obviously, Foley is top tier in the in, yeah. the, in the personality and comedy stakes, and he got that later. But yeah. this was this was yeah, it was just really dark and almost difficult to watch. In like you know, when you watch these two, someone's going to get hurt. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. but in a in a in a way that. 
they don't do these days. It's 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 this epic story, yeah. and you've got two guys who are like top tier in it, like two of the greatest of all time who can who can make you who can draw you into it, and it's not just like let's hurt each other for the sake of this spot. It's it's like everything means everything means everything for a reason. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it starts off with that. I mean, the early focus for Taker. He, it's similar to similar to the the match that mankind had with with Michaels that we that obviously you, you're a massive fan of. We watched it a, a little while ago. Uh, Taker was sort of trying to neutralize the the hand early on. Claw. Yeah, so he's obviously like the mandible claw, like you just said. And he's watching a Rainer Yabuki, any biting the fingers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. It, I mean, it was. It, it's nice to see that this sort of genesis of Taker, because like you said, he was he was very much a sort of plodding character yeah. before this, and then he's sort of getting that that viciousness, and he sort of he was sort of he became that thing where he was known for his striking, wasn't he? The best pound for pound oh, striker, yeah. and he just sort of he, he throws he went, a top punch. Oh god, yeah, and it, you 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 really start to see it in these four matches, three or four matches that they had, and we've seen I think we've seen three of them now. Three. Yeah. Um, we didn't. I don't think we saw the the buried alive match, did we? But um, the matches that they've had have been really good to watch, and I've enjoyed almost every single minute of it. Even that that boiler room brawl, there was it was a bit silly at times, but there was enough there was in bits there. Of quality, yeah, yeah, there's enough in there to get through it and think, yeah, I, I can see where they were going with it. What do you reckon to this one then? Because it wasn't there was no real gimmick, was there to it? Whereas the other ones had a very heavy gimmicks in a way. Well, the cage, the cage was the big gimmick, wasn't it? But yeah, in a way. In a way, but it's not, not no no weapons or no scenarios in, in the match. In a way, mm, yeah. I love you. In a way, <laughs> <laughs> what do you reckon to this one, then? I thought I thought it was good. Yeah. So, mankind jumps it and he uses the cage on Taker's head. They brawl out, and then we see there's a fucking cage cam, and he's like, <laughs> "Fucking bear is just wobbling about in this cage." <laughs> Cage cam, <laughs> and then Taker pulls out a fucking drop toe hold and works the right arm. Yeah, and leg drops it and fucking bars it. I'm like, get in. This isn't the Taker you're used to. It's great. And you get the commentators mentioned that as well, didn't they? they? Were like, this is a new Taker. We haven't seen him do that ever, and all this. That was quite good. Like you said, he stomps on the fingers to nullify nullify the claw. He uses the rail. It's all like you said again, similar to Michael's strategy. He uses the steps, the tag rope. Yeah, she was quite innovative. Like they brawl that. out over the ropes and into the crowd. Mankind gets bank dropped over the rail. Ouch! Yeah. Cannonball, and then he does a cannonball off the apron and into Taker. He's a fucking lunatic, but I love him. Yeah, it's a great buckle bump by Taker as Mankind runs the uh, runs the knee into his face. Taker starts biting the fingers, like I said before. Yeah, um, there's, there's a decent fallback pile driver on Taker, and Taker sells it. To be fair, yeah. But he stops the claw and tries to choke slam, and then the tombstone, but eats the claw again and flings mankind through the ropes. There's more work old school. JR comes out with maybe the more pain he's in, the more effective he is about Love mankind, that. which I thought was a great line. What a commentary line that is. They start brawling up top, take a throw, fucking wicked punches. It's like a choke slam claw spot. And Kate take us to his knees, taking the claw. And Vince keeps saying goozle. He's got him round the goozle. 
which is <laughs> a fucking, I'm assuming it's his neck or throat or something. He's terrible on commentary. He's, he's really, the, really he's bad. He's dog shit. <laughs> the, claw, the claw can't stop Taker. So there's a choke slam to break it. Yep. The, the injured hand is obviously a factor why the uh, the claw didn't work like it had worked on everybody else. Great story. Yeah. Mankind misses the cannonball out again. And he takes a really fucking hard bump. Take a hammers him. Mankind has some random gimmick in his hand. Which yeah, I didn't even see what that was. I didn't really see what that was. I think it's that sort of spike that he stabs his leg with when he loses his, oh, his right, yeah. mind. Yeah. Um, he clocks Taker. No DQ. Ref was pretty much looking at it, wasn't he? Let's be honest. Oh, <laughs> Tombstone for free. It was an abrupt finish. It came out of nowhere, really, didn't it? Yeah, it was it. definitely a boil better than the Boiler Room Brawl. Yeah, but I don't think it was as good as the King of the Ring '96 match. No way, that was unbelievable. That match. It was more but wrestling yeah, was for good. Taker, which I liked. Bear is lowered, and the fucking executioner attacks. <laughs> Who the fuck's that? Uh, that is Terry Gordy of the fabulous Feebirds fame. <laughs> Reduced to the executioner. <laughs> Which is a shame because Terry Gordy was fucking mint back in the day. <laughs> Bearer gets off and then Taker runs off the executioner. What do you reckon? Yeah, like, I, I, I like the match. I Like you said, it was it was slightly abrupt finish. It's sort of just like, oh, right, Tombstone, game over. It was a little bit... Yeah. It was almost like nowhere. right. It was almost like the ref gone right. Boys need to go home here. You need to get yourself away. <laughs> yeah. and, he, and they sort of yeah. just had to quickly finish it off. But yeah, I thought it. I Sean, thought Sean a, needs at least twenty. <laughs> I thought there was enough quality in there to really get. A, a really, I did enjoy it. it. Like you say, it wasn't as good as the first one we saw, but it was slightly better than the boiler room ball match. So there was enough in there. It was nice to see Taker add a few more spring, spring sort of strings to his Definitely. bow. You know, with a bit more sort of chain stuff and a few other bits and pieces. But it's yeah, um, I'll watch the evolution of Undertaker as he gets, yeah. you know, into more of a wrestler. If I want to, yeah. the, the gimmick. Yeah, of course, because he was that was all he was to begin with, wasn't he? Really, it was just yeah, big, big tall guy, big music, big entrance. But he started to. I think he realised. One of the best things about Taker is he realised that he was getting a bit stale and he was a bit able to sort of. And realise it himself and adapt and overcome. So I think mean, that's I think mean, that was a good thing. Secret to his longevity, I reckon. Of course. He's around for what 30 odd years. So um as you said, execution gets run off by Taker. We sort of cut away from that and then and Sonny's coming down. Vehicular um, menace Sonny. <laughs> Sonny's coming down and, and and Vince is even having a little dance, a little boogie. <laughs> Vincent Man dances like I imagine Jeff Jarrett dances. <laughs> Ain't he great? <laughs> no, no, he's not. No. Um, so it looks like Sonny's doing some commentary for us. But look, you know, for the next match. Stick to play by play, lead the dancing to Sonny. I'm standing here with a very jubilant tag team, captained by Hunter Hurst Helmsley. And I guess, considering the disadvantage your opponents will be at being three on four because of the injury to Mark Henry, you think victory's in the bag? That's right. And this is the big time. This is New York City, the Survivor Series. Mark Merrill, I'm going to show you why I'm the Intercontinental Champion. 
and it looks like your team has already come up a little bit short. <laughs> you know what? Big Mark Henry has feigned injury rather than face the gold medal massacre that this team was going to put on him. No, you know he's what? Injured. No, yeah, right. I'll tell you this right now. There aren't any three men in the world that can beat the four of us. We're surviving, baby. We may be in a unique combination, but together we make a well-oiled machine of destruction. Survivor Series, what an appropriate title. Gold dust? You will never forget the name of Gold Dust. Well, get ready at ringside because here they come. Um, and we get Docs Hendricks. Or Docs. <laughs> Docs is with Helmsley. And Helmsley's doing Milk. his little soft, his little soft early voice that he was doing. Oh yes, and all this and like <laughs> I, I said he was doing his Rob Schneider voice. <laughs> <laughs> He's, like, he sound, I thought he sounded a bit like Regal. I thought he was doing his Regal voice a little bit. I just don't understand what he's. My name is Henry Helmsley. So, so Helmsley, he, he's talking, he's bragging, bragging about to Mark Merrow because he's the Intercontinental Champion. That belt looks yeah. amazing, as always. King talks a bunch of shite as usual. Yep. Crush. He steals our gimmick at one point. Says they're a well-oiled well, machine. Shocking. Off. And then Goldberg is... Not Goldberg. Goldberg. Goldust. Gold Goldust. He's, he's, he's just weird as usual. He not much you else. forget his name. Yeah. Not much really else to add. I mean, and then we go straight into it. So it's Helmsley, King, Goldust and Crush. Like I, just, I don't know who Crush is, to be honest. First time I've ever seen him. Crush um, was... Uh, he was in Demolition in the in the 80s. And... Yeah. Um, and he then he's from Hawaii. Then he had a sort of Hawaiian surfer gimmick, '93, uh, and now he's got a tattooed face. <laughs> what a gimmick! What a gimmick! <laughs> and then um, they're up against in a traditional Survivor Series elimination match the the Wild Man Mark Merrow, <laughs> the Stalker Barry Windham, <laughs> Uncle Howdy, or whatever whatever uh, uh, Bray's calling him these days. Um, is it, is that's not Uncle Howdy. Is in hospital, Barry Windham? <laughs> no, I know it's not, but I think that's what he's modelled on. I think that's who he's modelled oh, that, that 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 character on. I'm uh, going to say it now that uh, that that Uncle Howdy is Randy Orton. Do you reckon? I saw a close up of his eyes, and it it, it looked like Randy Orton's eyes. Like I, I don't know. I reckon it's Randy Orton. Yeah, interesting theory. I thought Randy was injured, unless that's the way to write him off for a while, doing that. I don't know. Don't know. And so it's him, Mark Merrow, the stalker, and as we mentioned earlier, the debut in Rocky Maivia, and uh, Jake the Snake, King's favourite. You know, obviously <laughs> yeah. They've had that little rivalry over the, over the last year or so. Rocky, Rocky oh, we didn't actually know it was, was Jake. I think Mero, Mark Merrow announced Especially, it. Yeah. Yeah, it was... Mark, Henry's, Mark Henry's injured. He was uh, supposed to be the fourth guy. I see, and they brought Jake back to to piss off King by the by the looks of it. Pretty much, he lobs he, he lobs his snake in the ring. Uh, his, <laughs> his reptile, not his cock. <laughs> uh, and the heels shit themselves. They disperse out of the ring. We get some Burger King chants from the crowd towards King, which is always a laugh. And then um, Helmsley just doesn't really want any part of of Mark Merrow to begin the match. And then we sort of finally get it going with gold dust, but that's because his mullet was tied into a ponytail. That's why he's like, I'm not wrestling him. 
it is full mullet or nothing at all. <laughs> He's got to, haven't you? You got, you can't, you got to, you got to go hard or go home, haven't you? That's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> I thought this match was was a bit messy at times. I don't know about you, but it, strangely though, because there's a lot of people in there who are good workers. I know there's a couple, you know, there's Rock who's really young and green at this point, but like, Very. Um, so you got Helmsley, obviously pretty good in the ring, maybe not as good as he became, but and you've got Goldust, who's good, Mark Merrow, Barry Windham, Barry Windham, yeah. not as good as he used to be, but you can still see flashes now and again. Do you know how old he is there, Barry Windham, and he's like washed up at that time, thirty six. Yeah, he looks older though, doesn't he? To be fair. Yeah, and then, but then again, you think King's in there. King, I, I never, I never got King. I never really got into him, especially the older no. version of him. So I never really got into this match. What do you? What, what apart from apart from the last couple of bits with the Rock thing, because that was sort of a little bit exciting. But other than that, it was a little bit, a little bit pump really. Yeah. So the Stalker to me looks like he's got a joke shot mustache on. <laughs> He's got a WWF gimmick shirt on. I'm yeah, that, that's, that just screams jobber, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It does. I'm afraid it does. <laughs> you could be as, as good as you want in the ring, but you do look like a jobber. <laughs> and then old uh, Flex Cavana comes out. The Rock. <laughs> right, you've got to ignore the hair. Yeah, you've got to ignore the worst than Jeff Jarrett's outfit. Outfit. <laughs> At least he doesn't have the tassels on him during the entire match. No, but. <laughs> He has fucking charisma as he enters. He really does. Of course he does. He's got the look, and clearly his promos aren't great yet. <sighs> you can tell he's got something, and they yeah. had they had hopes for him. Oh, God, yeah. We could tell Jake from minute does... one they had hope for him in this match. Yeah, of course you can. Yeah, oh, God, yeah. Put over like Rover, wasn't he? Yeah. Jake, Jake's 20-foot fucking snake. He's fucking ginormous. Massive, that thing, isn't it? <laughs> it's huge. He should have put his T-shirt on. Yeah. Yeah, he should have done. <laughs> Sonny knocks out a, a, a Jerry Lawler-style drinking joke, saying he was going to be a lawyer, but he couldn't pass a bar. <laughs> it takes a fucking age to start, which just goes with the all Jerry Lawler matches do. Yeah, fucking do. Like you said, Helmsley wants none of uh, Mero. So Mero and Goldust start, and they trade the advantage. Goldust bumping for Mero, to be fair to him. 7.2 on the steamboat by Mero wasn't great. They do a hip toss stalemate. I know I know he's flashy and people seem to like that, but I just find Mark Mero like limited and sloppy. Yeah, I find him really sloppy. Really sloppy. Nice clothesline by Wyndham. Helmsley does his best to evade Mero. Uh, rocks in, Rocky, and gets beaten into the corner. He no-sells Loyola's offence and does a leapfrog. Yeah, uh, the, his gimmick at the time is at that time he's clearly like athletic big guy baby face in it. He's like he's quite yeah. athletic, but he's like six and six and a half foot and yeah. and whatnot. Nice drop kick, and the crowd are into him. They really are. Yeah. yeah. So then, then we get Helmsley versus Rock for the first time, which was interesting. Yeah, it's interesting because obviously we get so much of that for the next four or five yeah. years. So it's the first time they probably touched, isn't it? Uh, Vince calls Helmsley a veteran. He's only Not been in veteran. it about four or five years. <laughs> a veteran. <laughs> so he gets the heat, and there's a nice suplex, and Goldust tags in and elbows. Nice team move, to be fair. Yeah. 
he's taking a beating and selling well, Rock, to be fair. Crush delivers an absolute dog shit pack breaker. Absolute dog shit. <laughs> Complete, but he com- they completely cut Rocky off. And then he comes back with a bit of a sloppy backdrop and tags in Jake, who cleans house. Short arm clothesline, but no DDT, sadly. Yeah. Helmsley and friends just fucking mauling. Lawler does his drinking mockery, doing all this shit, and, and he eats a DDT for it and oversells to fucking death, spasming <laughs> the, the Monty, and he's gone, which yeah. was nice because, you know... Get him out quick, fucking hell. Yeah. He can't, some of these have been like 20 minutes, these elimination matches. This was about 20, 23. Yeah, it was too they long. Way too long. To be. Yeah. Jake then gets worked over by Goldust and Crush. He gets his uh, shot in, in. Triple H gets his shot in on the sly. It's a modified jawbreaker. And then he tags in Starky Bazza. <laughs> Lovely suplex and a roll through for a pin by Barry Windham. Lovely for two, sadly. Uh, Crush lamps Bazza on the sly and Goldust gives him the curtain call and he's off to the back. Now we've got three on three. Mero's in. Knee lift to Goldust. Now Helmsley comes in and peppers him because he's, you know, he's he's got he the can, He wants to take him on now, yeah. Yeah, of course he has. Proper classic heel shit. Yeah. Backbreaker, a cheeky... Crush gets a bear hug, oh dear, and corners <laughs> him. He's shocking, he, that Crush, whoever he is. Yeah, he's he's, he's, he's turd. Uh, he likes a backbreaker, does Crush. He does two in quick succession. <laughs> Can't do much else. No. He does an abdominal stretch with Goldust helping him. Uh, the ref sees it, no DQ. <laughs> he does work it, to be fair, though. And Mero can't get the sunset flip. And Triple H tags in Goldust again. Head scissors by Mero. Hits his fucking weird springboardy moonsault thing for free. Now yeah. it's three on two. I hate that finish. It's a bit too flashy. It does The little twisting literally adds nothing to it. Yeah. Cr- crush Mars Mero. Mero, Mero, whichever. <laughs> <laughs> Mero. Okay, Matt Mero. <laughs> yeah, we won first prize at the at the country fate with him. <laughs> uh, but he takes a, a drop kick out and, and Mero misses his somersault sense on. Then he does the and that sends that Mero. Punch. It was woeful. Yeah, piss poor. <laughs> really, really <laughs> poor. It's provocative. <laughs> it's appallingly poor. <laughs> yeah. It's worked in the past, but it's one of them moves that hasn't aged well. No, it looks shocking, doesn't it? It doesn't look like it's doing anything. Yeah, they're clearly protecting the rock because he's not been in in fucking you know eighty years or something. Yeah, but it's, he's on his own though at this point, isn't he? Is it him versus two at this point? He is. Yeah. No, it's three on two at the moment. Sorry. Oh, three on two. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. The comms don't even twig that Merrow's gone. <laughs> Another heart punch and Jake's gone. Three on two. The three on one, yeah. sorry. Nope, two on one. Two See, on this one. Is what I mean. The confu- confusion. <laughs> They're hard to oh, follow. They're really hard really to follow. Are. It's like watching like a young books match, but three of them on the same night. <laughs> so face Rocky the underdog. They get Rocky he, chance. even gets Rocky chance, yeah. The yeah. hair is fucking woeful because it's proper buffed out on it. <laughs> yeah. Never fight a man with a perm, Mark. <laughs> it's, he's, he, I think he does quite well as a sort of underneath babyface in this match. So, doesn't he? You, you feel genuine sort of 
sympathy for him when he's getting beaten down by the both of them and the crowds the crowds actually really getting into him. You do, but sort of... he's green as grass here and he Oh god, yeah. Yeah, of course he is, you can tell. But I think that's why they probably kept him out of it as much as they could. Gold bust so gold gold bust. <laughs> it's Mark Marrow and Gold Bust. They're the two crew members of this one. <laughs> so Gold Dust holds Rocky up. And then Rock sort of moves out of the way. His crush strikes Goldust, and then he hits that sort of like a again. yeah another one. <laughs> he hits like a diving crossbody on Crush. Gets a quick one, like a quick free count. Gets rid of him. And it's one v one. Crowds, you know, amped up for it now. They're really getting into it. This this new kid on the block is sort of making an impression. And it's sort of it doesn't go long really between him and Goldust. There's a few back, few back and forth, and he hits a. It's a shoulder breaker. Shoulder breaker for free. <laughs> for that free. That was a strange <laughs> way to finish it. But um, yeah, uh, so Rocky gets a big pop and he gets his big moment. And, and, and begrudging that, the crowd's super into him. So, you know. They are from, pushing him to the moon. Oh, God, yeah. From minute one. So, and he's got the, that lineage, I suppose, hasn't he? So they always tend to push those guys who've got like the second or third generation, whatever it is. So you sort of knew that they were going to go big with him, like they did with his with his, with his cousin, isn't it? It's Roman. He's he's he got the straight from the bat. Yeah, he got the big loose, push loose, loosely. Yeah, yeah. sort of I'd related. Say, I'd say he's loosely his cousin because yeah, they're not really related. High Chief Peter Maivia is only the Rock's step granddad from what yeah. I can gather, it, and it, I don't it, think they're actually related to the Anawais. I think it's just like we're all from the same island, therefore we're all blood kind of thing. Yeah, I they're all. I suppose they they all class themselves as family, though, don't they? To be fair, yeah, and if that works for them, fuck it, go for yeah. it. Yeah. So we get that, and then we get the one we sort of both came for, really. Did we? So yeah. Was that not next? No. No. What was next? We had a quick backstage promo with Kevin the Rock. All right. Yeah. Same Sorry. same stuff as same stuff as before. His dad and granddad stuff. He wants. I think that's probably why I. Probably how I didn't mention it because it was pretty similar. <laughs> <laughs> and we get the Brett Austin promo package. Bret Hart is more than a superstar. The one thing that's been missing in the World Wrestling Federation for about the last five or six months has been me. He is more than a champion. But I am the best there is. The best there was. And the best there ever will be. Bret Hart is a legend, and the legend has returned to continue his legacy. And in the Survivor Series, I will face Stone Cold Steve Austin. Few superstars have ravaged the World Wrestling Federation with the ferocity of Stone Cold Steve Austin. And after conquering the 1996 King of the Ring tournament, Stone Cold opened his book, The Book of Austin. I'm so to every one of the WWF superstars. Oh, no. Oh, God. I don't give a damn what they are. They're all on the list. And that's Stone Cold's list. Hillman's ankle. Oh, And I'm fixed to start running through all of them. And that is exactly what Austin has done with a stunning string of victories. Austin all over. Oh, no. Stone 
Stone Cold Steve Austin's campaign of terror has not been limited to the ring, yet his focus always remains constant. If you put the letter S in front of Hitman, you've had my exact opinion of Bret Hart. You know Bret Stone Cold is going to kick my better than you. And you're going to find that out firsthand, son. I'll kick the hell out of you. I'm the best there is. Man, I ain't got to invent a bunch of dumb slogans. It's Austin's house now. He ain't got what it takes. And that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. In the Survivor Series, the legend returns. And the world's most famous arena will be the setting for one of the most epic and anticipated matchups in WWF history. Will Bret the Hitman Hart's legacy continue? Or will Stone Cold's begin? Yeah. I thought it was really well done. It was really Brett's good. Bret's back to continue his legacy. They put Austin over big time, like big, big time. Yeah. And then we get Stone Cold Steve Austin with Todd Pettinzu. Now you're set to face Bret and you think that I'm supposed to be intimidated by the way you build him up and talk about stipulations, don't you? Just don't even say a word, son. Everybody talks about the best there is, the best there was, all the other crap. The excellence of execution. Brett, cliches are cliches, and an ass whipping is an ass whipping, and that's exactly what you're going to get tonight at the hands of Stone Cold Steve Austin, and that's the bottom line. All right, Vince, thank you very much. In just seconds, one of the biggest comebacks in sports entertainment history will happen here at the world's most famous arena, Madison Square Garden. You yourself, Brett, have called Stone Cold Steve Austin the best wrestler in the World Wrestling Federation today, and you face him in seconds. The one thing that Stone Cold Steve Austin doesn't have going for him in this match is the fact that it is Madison Square Garden. And I meant it when I said it's not a church, but it's holy ground. Well, it is. I've got my fans out here, and I've got my fans all around the world, and they've been waiting for this very moment. Now, where I stand, we're all going to find out right now. But Stone Cold, remember one thing. I'm not greedy for money. I'm greedy for respect. And when this thing's all said and done, you will respect me. The excellence of execution, Brett. <laughs> is he ready for Brett? He's not intimidated by the build-up. And he says, cliches are cliches, and an ass whipping's an ass whipping, and that's what you're going to get. Great. Loved it. It's nice and short. Got what you needed to say. Great, wasn't it? And then we segued into Brett the Hitman Hart again with Todd Pettinzu. I thought Austin. this made it quite a big deal, these interviews before, and I thought it made it feel really... 100%. presentation was great. Yeah. Yeah. Same with, uh, with, with the Sid and uh, Michaels match as well. Yeah. Uh, Austin doesn't have MSG behind him because it's even though it's not a church, it is like a holy ground. ground. That was great, yeah. amazing. He's got all his fans, and he's not greedy for money or titles or anything like that. He's greedy for respect. A great. I was never. Brett was never the greatest on the mic, but I thought this was fucking great. I thought it was amazing from Brett. Yeah, like you say, he's not. He's not. He's not credited with being a great and amazing talker, but so serious and so. Yeah. It just it amplified the match to, you know, to a new level. It was amazing. Um, and they both, then Austin gets a great reaction from the crowd. You can already feel that that swell of, of, yeah. of support for him ever since the, the King of the Ring thing. 
oozing but, star power as well. Oozing oh god, it. yeah. He comes out with just attitude and charisma, and he's just he's just got it in in dozens. He's amazing. But then, but Brett comes out for without a doubt the tarot pop of the night. Blows um, the fucking roof off. Blows that music when that screech sort of hits the hit the sits the audio. The crowd loses the shit. Comes I've out. Not seen him. Not seen him for months, have they? Um, no. And he comes out, and the crowd's loving it, as you'd expect. He's he's like the people's champion in my in my eyes. Like, yeah, he's just like he's what he's what they all came to see. Almost that match that was the main match for me. Oh, um, regardless of Michael's being main event, whatever you want to say, that that match, Bret Hart's return drew that fucking house. Oh, of course it did. Of course it did. And and you just get a feeling of this is a fucking mega match from from yeah. minute one, and they, they come out and. And Brett fl- uh, Austin flips in the two fingers as you as you expect. It's just and it's just it starts from minute one. It's like a nice stiff lock up in the corner, and, yeah. and they're just fucking out. They're at each other from minute one. And do you know what I really liked? J- Jim Ross was like a proper sports commentator on this. Yeah, he was. was. He had a big fight feel. It was like he was he was doing a proper world championship boxing match or something. To be yeah, fair, he took it to a new level as well. It was yeah, JR was great all night. Anyway. Yeah, but this was this was just beyond. He's like, is Brett rusty? Has he got ring rust? No. Yeah, that's a big no. story that they were sort of going with, weren't they? But yeah, it was a it was a fucking melt, amazing match, amazing yeah. match, and, and it, it, but it looked like a contest. Yeah, even the even the technical stuff at the beginning looked like they were working. Not working. Oh, they didn't God. look like. Did it look like they were working? They were look like they were resting. It was, me. It was a struggle. It was a struggle. Like it was. It was. They were both working to get positions, weren't they? That was the, that yeah. was the way it was portrayed and the way I, the way they presented it. And, and and even even Vince in a way didn't ruin it. I mean, he he, he mm. does his crap mm. stuff, but it was he mainly was... it was Jr. Mainly it was Jr. Just calling the action down the middle, and he was just giving it that that amazing feeling. He was having sly digs at Brett though, Vince saying, Oh, it's taking him a while to get up and all this shit. Yeah. And saying that he's old. Another narrative going through it sort of was neither of them have ever submitted. Yeah, so they were setting things up there, weren't they? That was clever. Yeah. Really clever. People also forget how good fucking Austin was technically before his neck injury. Yeah. He's so he's so fucking good. He's so he's so underrated. Obviously, that neck injury was so harmful to his like his ability to have those types of matches. But but he made it work. Yeah, he did, and that's that's the testament to the guy, isn't it? He's just exactly. one of the best ever. It's sort of you, as you what you as you sort of come to expect from the match. It's just a te- at times it was a technical masterpiece, wasn't it, from Brett and yeah, and 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 Austin was more than holding his own at times. But oh it's God, just, yeah. It's just it was just some of the stuff where they were working arms and mid and the body and the midsection. It's just like the viciousness. Is, oh, it was it was aggressive. It was it was from especially from Austin. He, he's he's so believable when he's just yeah. when he's just zeroing in on someone like that. And he's just like this is this is what this match would this match would fit in any era for me. Yeah, you could, you could stick this on, stick this Timeless. on in twenty twenty two. And you'd think you were watching a match. You you you'd get into it. I don't care who you are, what you like, what you're into. That is, this is a great match, and it's probably this. This is something right. This is a match that deserves to go twenty, twenty five, thirty minutes. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Not this 
piff that you get on every fucking pay per view like these days, where it's always twenty twenty five. Oh, we've got to we've got to get our shit in. Yeah, and it's like fuck off. No, it was it, it, this. This needs twenty minutes plus to tell a story, and that's exactly what it did. Like you were saying, even 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 down to the commentators talking about the whole submission thing. Jr. made it a massive point from minute one. He was like, "I think this could come down to some uh, a mistake or or submission. Someone someone's yeah. going to do something that they didn't do before and all that." And it was yeah. and it was all about long term, not long, well, not long term, but sort of short term, short to mid term storytelling from what they were going with the feud, yeah. from what we know as well. So. It was absolutely amazing, and I think it's slightly overshadowed by obviously the amazing match they had at Mainer. But this is this is just not not as good, but it's it's, it's certainly, not far off. <laughs> certainly put the, certainly put the building blocks in place to make that match what it was, and I think that's a testament to it. I think I think the other match has little variables that that push it over the edge a little bit. Yeah, like the image of Austin with the blood running down his face and the fact that he passes it's out. It's iconic. Yeah. The fact that it's a mania as well, I think, adds to it. Uh, yeah, it is iconic. I mean, he works. He works Brett's arm viciously, and Brett kips up and reverses it, and then equals the viciousness. So it's like yeah. Austin's bringing out the viciousness in Brett instead of it just being like technicality. Yeah, yeah. You get let's go Brett's chance. The hammerlock, and he starts kneeing the back as he's working the hammerlock. It's just so good to watch. One bit about that, that I thought that was terrible from McMahon, a really bad call from him where he was like, I'm, he's slamming his knee into the small of the back. And it's like, you can obviously see that he's slamming it into the forearm and the arm and, and yeah. JR was quick and to sort of point it out. Yeah. And it's catching his sort of, the side of his back, yeah. but which is just adding to the, you know, but he's, he's working the arm, but he's just, it's like that little extra bit like I'm going to fuck your arm up but I'll also get you back as well fuck it yeah yeah of course it is he grounds him and then he continues on the arm Austin takes over with impact moves then Brett takes the arm again JR says Austin's always been aware of Brett but Brett hasn't always been aware of Austin which slightly gives Austin the advantage yeah because he's studied him a bit more yeah well, he, great he, amazing that that's so that's so cl- that's classic JR that isn't it just yeah. like Looking into the the, I hate this word, the nuance of it. But, um, <laughs> but that is that's nuance, isn't it? That's nuance that you can get behind. That you don't have to fucking follow for five years. It's so yeah, because you don't have had to have ever watched anything Austin did previously to understand that, or anything no. Brett did previously. You just because you know that Brett's been around for a while, and Austin's only been in the WWF like yeah, he's a year a new kid so. on the block, isn't he? Yeah, that's it. Stung gun to Brett ups the ups the ante. And Austin goes for the neck and throat because obviously yeah. he's caught him with a stun gun, so he just zones in on it, chokes and stomps, and he, he stomps it to the last like available seconds that the ref allows it. Yeah, just just Sounds little good. things like that. A slingshot using the bottom rope, love that spot always. Yeah. Elbow to the it. throat on the apron, yeah. Snapmare and a chin lock, working it with leverage, knees to the throat. You get into a slugfest, and Austin keeps the upper hand. Lariat hope spot by Brett, atomic drop, flying clothesline, roll up for two, side Russian leg sweep for two. Again, never see them these days. No. It goes for a bulldog, but gets run chest first into the buckle, cutting off his comeback. What a which, great way to do that buckle bump. Yeah, exactly. But it also adds to the fact that he's working his throat, his neck, his chest, that area. Yeah, yeah. It's only going to fuck him up. Brett blocks the superplex and face plants Austin. 
the top rope elbow for two, but he couldn't cover straight away, which is only why he got the two. Yeah. Austin rakes the eyes to block a sidewalk slam. He launches Brett out. He posts Brett's back after the bump out, which was great. Brett goes for, for Austin and the momentum moves the rail and then they fall into the crowd. He smashes Austin's face on the rail as it falls over. Back in the ring, Austin rolls out, but Brett goes for him. Austin slingshots Brett onto the announce table. I think they thought they were a bit closer than they were as Brett sort of has to jump a jump bit. Jump a little bit, yeah. He did have to just, just about got away with it, I think. Yeah. Austin dives on him and fucking batters him. And they didn't move the bleeding monitors or anything. That could have hurt that for yeah. JR, JR says, it's always the Spanish guys. <laughs> it's true. Old Hugo and Carlos Cabrera. <laughs> <laughs> he slams, he, he slams uh, him back on onto the table and elbows him off the apron. A suplex back in, second rope elbow to the throat for two. Austin is uh, on the up and Brett looks fucking done, but he sells yeah. so well. Yeah. Bossman straddle for two. Let's go Austin chance now. Mm. Slight turn in the crowd. Cl- that's it. It's a classic abdominal stretch with the ropes to add more pressure on the chest. Lovely. Brawling, they brawl in the centre. He drops Austin and the crowd roars. Yeah. Stung him by Brett, but Using he sells it too. Exactly. Yeah. He only he only gets two because he's selling it. A jumping pile driver and Brett can't cover quick That's how they got away with it, didn't they? Because he couldn't quite... Yeah. Um, That's how you get away with it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they're popping straight back up. Like, like hardcore. Let's <laughs> think now. Yeah. The backbreaker. Here we go. Here we go. Up top. <laughs> but he gets crotched. He gets chopped. He gets twatted. He gets superplexed. They're both down. They're both fucked. But Brett rolls him on instinct for two. Like a war of absolute war of attrition. Yeah. Stunner out of nowhere. But he didn't get it full for a two. Austin can't believe it, and he keeps pinning for twos after two after two after two. Brett's just that bit tougher, that bit more experienced than anyone Austin's ever faced. Yeah. Desperation cloverleaf by Austin. Brett gets the ropes, but Austin doesn't break until he absolutely has to. I love that. Yeah. So Brett's, simple, isn't it? Brett slides from an Irish whip and goes back first into the post. What, what a spot. A fucking spot. <laughs> what a what spot. A spot. That was amazing. Austin gets the bow and arrow on him. He's pulling out everything now. Brett, Brett escapes. He goes for the sharpshooter, but Austin grabs the ropes. It's a sleeper by Brett, and Austin drops for a jawbreaker. He sticks the million-dollar dream on Brett. The wily veteran pushes himself off the ropes with his feet and pins for three. Yes, it's the Mania 8 versus Piper finish, but that's the story. Nothing else can beat him. Yeah. And he saw a so chance. Good. And thought, well, it's worked before. Yeah, well, it I'm going to go back to the well again. That's so exactly. Good. It was superb. It was top class. It was five fucking stars. <laughs> I wonder what it got from Oh, fuck no, it's not five. Uh, <laughs> experience just won out. Austin essentially beat himself by yeah. not letting go. JR puts Brett over saying no one could beat Brett tonight. Not Sean, not Sid and Vince. Totally disagrees. <laughs> of course he does. Fuck off. What a fucking match. What, what a match. A match. Superb. Uh, it was, was, yeah. Loving every second it's, of it. It's um, even better than I remember it. 
it's it's a slept on match. I'm telling you now because of, because of what they did afterwards. But this is a yeah. great match, great yeah. match, and it really and it, is. It, it, if you if you watch that match and then watch the the Mania match afterwards, it would they would sort of feed into each other perfectly. Obviously, they have yeah. a few bits in between with other, like the Rumble stuff, but. Um, but what a match! What an amazing match from two guys who just clicked instantly. We talk about like you have the, the sort of perfect dance partners. That, that they only had, they only ever had two matches, didn't they? I think one on one, and but they are. I think so, yeah. They stand the test of time to now, and oh yeah, what a Absolutely what an amazing timeless. match! What an amazing match! And Brett, Brett, who had been off for what nine months at this point, something like that. Yeah, or about maybe that, yeah. Not, maybe maybe just short. Um, Mania two. So you're looking six, seven months, and he and he didn't didn't miss a beat. Looked no. amazing, and, it, and he, he, the greatest. <laughs> it's just a, an amazing match. I could watch that match again now, and I, I would get so much out of it. It's, and and just to see Austin sort of grow in a match with yeah. someone that he probably had so much respect and time for. Um, it's really good. Probably learn so much as well. Yeah, just from 20, 25 minutes in the ring with him, he he, he probably got so much when, out of that. Went 28 minutes, that. Yeah. Didn't seem, yeah. didn't seem like it, though, did it? It doesn't. When, when a match is that good, it it never feels long for me. That's just, you know, it's just one of them. It it was just an amazing match. I could, like I said, I could watch it again and again and again. And I can't wait to watch their match at Mania when we eventually get to that as well. I don't think we're going to do that one. <laughs> no, <not really laughs> <that one. laughs> I'm telling you, we are. <laughs> so, from the penthouse to the fucking outhouse, next we get old Sydney with a promo with uh, our friend Docs Hendricks. We know it's Doc. It's a long story. <laughs> can you hear us? I sure can, Vince. Sid, oh. you have stated that your destiny awaits you tonight in Madison Square Garden. But I think the real question is. Will tonight be the night that you finally snap? Shawn Michaels has already stated that he will do anything and everything to leave Madison Square Garden still World Wrestling Federation champion. See, Doc, you say snap. I say survive. Yeah, tonight I will do anything and everything it takes. For tonight, I know I'm the better man. And I will do anything and everything it takes for I will walk out tonight the World Wrestling Federation champion. All right, Vince, I guess you heard it. He is focused. He's not a great promo, is he? Let's be honest. He's got got a cap on. (laughs) Yeah. So does that mean it's a good promo? No. Do you know what I fucking hate about him? He's like, screaming and bawling and just like suddenly just drops into a whisper. It's supposed to sound menacing, but to me it just sounds... Yeah, it sounds weird, doesn't it? His promo style's just like all over the place. Yeah. You could, you could tell they've sort of cut it so many times going, right, actually, Sid, we want you to do, want you to do it this way. And he's just proper like got confused with it, I reckon. It's odd. And then <laughs> fucking we, we cut back to the, the arena and fucking Lou Albano toddles out with his yeah, what, fucking lackey bands in his beard. What was that all about? That was random, wasn't it? Yeah, he was he was put in the Hall of Fame the night before, and I'm thinking, oh, for fuck's sake, he's on comms. Luckily, he wasn't. <laughs> no, Luckily that's he what wasn't. I was thinking. He was going to be on commentary, but there's nothing Instead of him, seen. instead of him, we get uh, on Cornet. I know. I was very happy with that. 
to be honest, I was really enjoying the fact that we were gonna gonna see a bit of Cornet on commentary and but there wasn't an awful lot of it really, was there? Uh, I thought it was. I thought there was a bit of Cornet, but it it wasn't as much as it could be. So now we get Farouk for who the man they call Vader, <laughs> Pound Shop who? Razor and Pound Shop Diesel versus <laughs> Savio Vega, Yokozuna, Flash Funk, and their mystery opponent, which turns out to be Super Fucking Fly Murder Fly Jimmy Snooker. Um, that two that's two called Scorpio, isn't it? That, uh, that yeah, 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 yeah. I thought it was, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this match it never really got going, did it? To be fair, no, it was turd. <laughs> <laughs> it was a load of posturing for about five to, to five minutes again, as as you sort of expect, as you got from um, the other two matches, really, and then it all kicked off, didn't it, with a steel chair. <laughs> After a couple of the eliminations, it was it sort of out of nowhere, it just sort of went tits up. You get you get PG thirteen, Jamie Dundee and some other lad coming out rapping like proper nineties. <laughs> the like, nature of domination thing. Yeah, it looks like snow. That's off that song Informer. Farouk and his crew, it's very nation of Islam, if you know you know if you know about the nation of Islam. It's it's very on the cusp of being racist, but I'm not quite sure. Pound Shop Wish Razor comes out, piss poor. JR, bless him, tries to put him over. Uh, Big Daddy Mayor of Knox County comes out as well, so bad. So, <laughs> it's so, so bad. mental that they did that. It really is crazy. <laughs> then Vader comes out with Corny. He looks absolutely monstrous. Yeah. Uh, we've got, we get about 45 minutes of entrances. Yeah, we do, actually. Savio comes out. Yokozuna looks like a fucking house. He looks huge, doesn't he? I know, JR makes a comment. Basically, Cornette says he led him to the championship belt and JR said you led him to every buffet line. (laughs) Great line. Flash Funk comes out of his shit proto-Godfather Brodus Clay gimmick. It's it's like a really bad stereotype. It's like the night of really bad black stereotype gimmicks like a Nation of Islam member and a fucking, you know, (laughs) pimp. Yeah, it was shocking. shocking. Murderfly comes out to minimal pop. <laughs> was it Cornet supposed to be proper over something? Well, he's he's just got put in the Hall of Fame. Cornet proper oversells it. He looks fuck snooker, doesn't he? Oh god, yeah, looks awful, absolutely awful. So Vader batters Flash. There's combos, there's lariats. A wheel kick by Flash Funk doesn't connect, but Vader bumps anyway, and Vince calls it out. Woeful, absolutely woeful. <laughs> a moonsault outside on Vader Vader power bombs Yo- uh, Yoko comes in can fucking barely move <laughs> it's absolutely uncomfortable to watch actually isn't it really yeah he's the last you'll ever see of him as well I'm not surprised <laughs> it all breaks it looks like death's door yeah he looks like he's on the fucking door of McDonald's waiting for it to open <laughs> He probably was after. Yeah. Like, have you heard that Cornet story where he says, dude, this dude with a full bucket of KFC just, just as a snack? <laughs> I'm not, that is not at all. <laughs> I, remember, I remember reading a story about him saying he wanted to become £900 so he could be the fattest, like the biggest wrestler ever. <laughs> you didn't look far off it here. <laughs> 
So it all breaks down and um, Farouk and Savio go. There's a nice drop kick by Savio. JR and Corny joust with each other. He says he could do better with Vader. Cornet says you couldn't manage your Wendy's. And uh, JR says, I could if you lived in the town. <laughs> Which I just really enjoyed, the, the verbal joust. Nice because they're both so forth. quick. <laughs> Fake Razor does the sack of shit and Corny calls it the SOS. And uh, they ask him, what does that stand for? He's like, oh, it's a secret. Yeah. <laughs> Snide Diesel Kane's in. With he does it comes in with flipper punch, side knees in the deal. <laughs> I didn't do as didn't do him as good though. No, no, no. That, that was all we got though from him. He does a nasty <laughs> clothesline to Flash Funk. Uh Flash shows what he could do a bit and he gets uh, a double A level spine buster by Farouk. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb now and say Ron Simmons is the only fucker who can do a spine buster anywhere near on the level of Zion Anderson. Yeah, Ron Simmons does do a good spine buster, to be fair. It's a pod motherfucker, Ron Simmons. Oh, God, uh, yeah. Vader just fucking mauls. Savio gets cornered. Cornet puts over the danger of snooker. And to be fair, he slams Vader, so, you know, he's got something. Yes. Yeah. Farouk posts Savio twice, and J- uh, Cornet gives it. There's that kidney shot. Are you watching, Ahmed? <laughs> Which I thought was pretty to, close to the bone. Yeah, it all breaks down. Savio gets jackknife poorly. He's gone. This is sloppy as fuck. Yep. Snooker splashes for free, and Razor's gone. As snooker with a chair, it all breaks down. Everyone gets fucking DQ'd. Shit, sloppy. The best bit was Cornet and Jr. jousting with each other. Pretty much. <laughs> it was fucking wolf. Poor, really. <laughs> No need for it. If you're going to throw it out, don't even put it in. It's a I know. Just make, really should have made Brett and Austin another 10 minutes longer. I know. I know. Um, well, then we get the Sid and Shawn Michaels package. For every superstar, there is one dream to be the WWF champion. At WrestleMania 12, Shawn Michaels' dream became reality. The boyhood dream has come true for Shawn Michaels. For seven months, Sean has been living the dream, while a friend and one-time nemesis was struggling with reality. I am the master, and I am the ruler. In the WWF, the ruler and master is the champion. Shawn Michaels has reigned with confidence and charisma. He is fearless, flamboyant, and beloved. The challengers have been bigger, stronger, and more vicious. Sean has always persevered, but this time the enemy is from within. The enemy is trust. For Sid, the enemy has always been from within. An endless struggle with sanity. Look at Sid, he's frothing at the mouth right now. This guy's ready to explode any second. With Sean's friendship, Sid had found rationality. But as of late, a series of misunderstandings have bred contempt, and the specter of the title has fueled a psychotic desire. You kicked me. You kick me right in my face. Mistake or not, there will be no mistake in Survivor Series, my friend. What are you going to do this Sunday when I'm gunning for you? And believe me, with that chin you're sporting, I can hit it from anywhere in Madison Square Garden. You're going down to the World Wrestling Federation champion. Shawn Michaels has unleashed a psychotic monster, and this monster hungers for more than just respect. This monster has a champion's appetite. 
that belt will be around my waist. I've knocked you down before. I've knocked you down again. It's good. They go over Michaels' reign and Sid's delusions and how Michaels only faces big guys, pretty much. Yeah. Sid basically is mentally ill, according to them, and he's, Sid's got a... <laughs> but as a package, it was quite nice. It was it was well done. It was quite good. It was quite good. Very very high production value, you can tell, can't you? Yeah, definitely. Sid, and it cuts to Sid walking through the back, and he looks menacing as fuck, and that sort of walking from the locker room... I love that stuff. Big fight feel it does whether you like yeah. it or not. It definitely adds to the atmosphere of everything. Sid yeah. is over, over as fuck, bafflingly. He's over as, as fuck. He, he's meant to be the heel. He's over as uh, fuck. He's got a he's still working baby at this point, though, wasn't he? Was he not working baby face at this point still? I don't know. Did you watch the match? <laughs> In a way, mm. <laughs> um, he's got a proper spaghetti Rudy Volomolit, hasn't he? Oh god, yeah, proper it's naughty. It's naughty. <laughs> He gets his big Sid, spells out his name, Pyro thing in the middle of the ring. (laughs) (laughs) We get a split screen and Michaels is out of his locker room looking and jangling like a flamboyant Morris dancer. (laughs) (laughs) Then he comes out and he gets a huge pop from the women and the kids. But then straight after that, you can hear low boos from all the blokes. (laughs) Yeah. Sid, was, Sid was over with the with the with the guys with everyone, yeah, yeah. yeah, big time. Some woman grabs Michaels, and he won't let him go. Some kid, literally dressed as Shawn Michaels, yeah, in full gimmick. She Morris dancer gimmick. <laughs> Every single bloke in the audience looks fucking unimpressed when he comes out. <laughs> yeah, I think they probably thought he looks. He doesn't look like anything other than a little boy. No, I noticed. I noticed that the young books have literally wholesale ripped off Shawn Michaels wholesale. Oh god, completely. Yeah. But they're not nowhere apparent. Near, nowhere near as good. Here we go then. Twenty minutes of Sydney. <laughs> it was. It was a very classic big man little man match, though, wasn't it? To be fair, it was the exact same fucking Shawn Michaels match that he always has. Yeah, it was the same it story. Was, I mean, that's the only story you can really do with Sean, isn't it? Because there's not many people that are as small as him. That's it. So it's sort of... That one was like... over an hour and a bit. Yeah. Cool. But it's sort of... It, like, like, like you said, it's very similar to the match he had with, with Vader, very similar to the match he had with Davy Boy in, in spells of that match, where you get you get the dominance from the big guy as you'd expect, and then you get those little moments of hope and a little quickened of quicken up the pace and stuff from Sean. These types of matches don't really do much for me, to be honest. Although I can see, I can, in a way, I can see why the the crowd was into Sid because he's because they think they'd probably at this point grown a bit tired of Sean, yeah. and they were sort of and, I can and he looks money. Just, oh god, yeah, he, he's in great net, he's in great shape, he's tall, he's. Not he's not amazing. He's not good in the ring. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. um, but he looks menacing. He looks scary, and I think that's yeah. a lot of people sort of resonate and, and zone in on people like that because they stand out. Like we were saying the other week, when you stand out, half the job's done. Um, yep. But um, <laughs> in terms of the match, it what it wasn't. It didn't do much for me. I don't know about you. 
I thought the last five minutes was quite interesting, but other than that, it was... I don't know. It's Like I said, it's the same story as most Michael Ma- Michael's matches. Perennial underdog with his big heart and his speed and his courage and his aerial ability. I mean, Sid comes in, he just fucking mauls him. Michael sells like crazy. Sean grapples with a headlock and Sid takes over with his own. Yeah, They brawl and Sid presses him. Michael's evades the power bomb. Try to get it done early. Michael's chop blocks the leg and works the leg, kicks and stomps. Nice. Figure four, but that takes a fucking age because all he does is prance around and like plays up to the crowd. Sid reverses it and then breaks it. Sean uses the ropes to stomp and gets booed to fuck. <laughs> he gets he gets his shoulder posted first and then Sid kicks it. Sid's legs all of a sudden better. Sid gets crotched and uh, Michael's drop kicks his leg again, so his leg's not better. Yeah. Sid with a big clothesline outside. He walks Michael to Michael's to the aisle, rams him into the apron and presses him chest first on the rail. So Sid's leg is sort of periodically sore and then not sore and then yeah, don't really sell it very well. Uh back in Sid plays to the crowd, to be fair, they're in the fucking palm of his hand. Yeah. They are. Massive backdrop and big knees. He pummels him. Flare corner bump for Michaels. Sid slaps on a sleeper and then gets guillotined on the top rope. A crossbody by Michaels, but he's caught by Sid to a massive pop. Yeah. A backbreaker for two. I've seen far too many backbreakers tonight. <laughs> There's a lot of them. <laughs> I know. I'll give you... This is this is one thing I will praise Michaels. No one takes an Irish whip like Shaw Michaels. Oh, God, yeah. Seriously. It's rapid. The impact is fucking yeah. naughty. Yeah. Michael's eggs Sid on to punch yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, and he's completely on Dream Street. He comes back with a slam and off the, he comes off the middle but gets a boot and oversells it. Fucking what ridiculously. What an oversell was that? That was There's a fucking headstand or something, <laughs> doesn't it? What was that Terrible. Terrible, that. <laughs> it's a million-dollar dream, which was weird. Wouldn't have put it past him to do the same finish as Brett. Yeah, you know, just because he's a cunt. Try, try and, just to try and one-up him, isn't it? One-up him, yeah. <laughs> uh, he comes back again, but the chin music is caught and gets a one-handed choke slam by Sid. That was quite impressive. impressive. It was, actually. It was impressive. The rabid is fucked for, the, for him as well at this point. In the crowd, oh, yeah. Absolutely mad. At least I still don't get it, but, you know, <laughs> it's it's, the, it's a bit Luger-y, isn't it? Like, the proper bit. rabid. I think, they're, I think he's more over than Luger, though, Sid. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Sid pisses about. He goes for the power bomb, takes forever, and gets schoolboyed like, for two. like last rights and stuff, isn't he? And all this and yeah, just, just fucking stuff. about. He's clearly fucked. <laughs> Big power slam and a lazy cover for two. Michael's crossbody. Sid nips up and like he always has to, and gets yeah. clotheslined hard for two. Stiff, stiff clothesline, really stiff. Very st- stiff. Sid grabs the camera. And he lamps Lothario in the chest, turns yeah. around and gets a sweet chin music. Michael's feigns concern for Jose and Sid grips him. Michael's crossbodies the ref and then rolls back out to check on Jose. Sid lamps him with the camera. Apparently, Jose's having a heart attack. <laughs> That's what they were trying to imply, Because he they? got hit with a, hit with a camera. <laughs> uh, Sid is so fucking over. Yeah. <laughs> Big power bomb. Hebner's up. And one, two, three, new champ. 
now the ped- paramedics come down. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I couldn't believe it that Sid won, but then I remembered that the the person that won the Brett Austin match gets the title shot. So I'm guessing it's yeah. Sean said, I'm not working with Brett. <laughs> yeah. So he just rather dropped the belt to Sid. Well, he, yeah, but he didn't mind Sid. So it was, um, yeah. and it's one of the very few times you'll see uh, him take a sort of sort of clean loss. Yeah, well, hit him with a, hit him with a camera. It's not like yeah, <laughs> but he wasn't straight off the bat, was it? So, no. Um, what, what, he was meant to drop the title to Vader at SummerSlam, but he refused yeah. to work with with Vader again. And then he was, and he was supposed to work with Vader again in the at the Rumble to win it back in his hometown. And that's what happens; he wins it back at the Rumble. Yeah, uh, against Sid. Sean follows the paramedics. I thought I thought the angle was a bit weak, and it was really cliched and sold it quite poorly. It. it was tapped on slightly, wasn't it? Yeah, the match got decent in the middle. I just find these Michael's big man matches a bit predictable. Yeah. But the, the crowd are so fucking into Sid, it made it a lot better than it r- r- was. I thought the Vader I got match behind was Sid. I got behind yeah. Sid in the match. Yeah, because he's <laughs> such an unlikable cunt, Sean Michaels. He really is. I thought the Vader match at SummerSlam was better than this one. Personally. Yeah, it was. Because it, it, <laughs> it had that bigger fight to it with the sort of the, the restarts and stuff. And Cornette was really good in that match as well. So. Yeah, but I like I said, I enjoyed the like the sort of last five to six minutes where Sid sort of you could sort of I felt it in the moment that Sid was going to win the match because then I cause yeah. it, also, it started to click in my head where it was going and it sort of I, I I got into it a bit, but it wasn't a great match and it was sort of it's a good job they put that that middle that match in between this and the Brett and Austin match because this would have got nothing if they didn't got pelters yeah yeah it would have done um, and then you get. You get Sean pretending to be caring. He's crawling to the back and he's asking about him. They do a they do a Coliseum video exclusive and he's he's going Jose right. Jose and all that. and he's refusing to go to hospital and and, and Sean's distraught. Todd Pettengill says and it's it's all a bit it's all a bit melodramatic when it was all a bit much. Um, Sean's not very good at stuff like that for me. Um, no, he's he's disingenuous. No, he doesn't come across like he means it, does he? He, he no. looks like a sarky little fuck. Um, that's, just, that's what he's best at, being a little prick. <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> Did you see uh, Jose Lefario's kid going, look after my dad, look after my yeah. dad. <laughs> Come on, dad. Strange. Very strange. Wood, wooden. Lugas, mate, wooden. <laughs> Overall, it was a... Pe- what do you think of the pay-per-view in, in, in its entirety? Survivor Series... The matches get like the, the elimination matches are a bit poo. Yeah. So sometimes you get a good one. I thought the first one with Bulldog Owen, Furnace and LaFonda fight that was sort of three quarters of it was decent. Yeah. I thought Mankind Taker was good, really good. Yeah. It, an absolute classic from Bretton Austin. Yeah. Sid and Michaels was all right. And yeah. the other two matches were like, eh. Pump. You know, not. Yeah, a bit pumped these elimination matches, but yeah, I find the gimmick matches quite difficult. Like the Survivor Series matches are difficult to keep up to, keep on top yeah. of. Fuck knows what we're going to be like because we've got World War Three, and then we've got the Royal Rumble. That's just going to have to be like this guy eliminated him, this guy eliminated him, <laughs> just just jump on any little bits that were basically yeah. <laughs> but yeah, all in all, it was it was all right. It wasn't yeah. the best pay-per-view. I mean, it got elevated a lot higher just for having that one match on it 
for me. Yeah, sometimes that's all that can make a pay-per-view, though, isn't it? It's definitely a one-match pay-per-view, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Do, is and there any Brett need would... to do any need to do match of the night? <laughs> uh, Michael said. <laughs> uh, snooker, uh, no, no, obviously Brett and Austin. <laughs> Brett and Austin definitely match of the night. Ma- match of match of the run, I think so far. Probably, yeah. He's better than Dean Ray. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Classic, wasn't it? To be honest, um, yeah, MVP. Jr. was up there. JR was yeah, really Jr. Up. definitely up there. Jr. was superb. Austin's great. Brett's great. Sid was all right. Sid was good. Yeah, I think I'd give it to Jr. Just because he sort of he elevated yeah. so much of that pay per view. He brought to another yeah. level with his commentary and his calling. So yeah, I'd say Jr. I I hundred percent agree with you. I've got Jr. down there. Yeah, Disco Duggan or the Hogan Award, as it's sometimes known. <laughs> I'm going to go for this man. Crush. Look shit, wrestle shit, shit face tattoo. Yeah, that's not a bad shout. Snooker's up there for me. Snooker yeah, Snooker was hey, funny, that's wasn't it? Shit music when it comes on. Super, super, I, super fly. <laughs> I, hate that, I hate the fact that he got away with murder. You know? Yeah, uh, that crush is a good shout, to be fair. I think I'll just give it to Snooker because I just hate him. I, every time, enough. you know, when he ever came back and they brought him back in like the early two thousands as well, I always just hated the sight of him. Yeah, when it was, was it what was it? Him, Steamboat, and was it Piper? Yeah, it was awful. Steamboat was great. Piper, you know, Piper did Piper. Yeah, and Snooker was just this wrinkly old turd, flabby, flabby little ring. Yeah, horrible. Yeah, it's just shit. Barnet of the night, Sid for his absolute ramen, ramen noodles. That's proper, proper ramen noodles. I have got a, a an honorary mention, possibly getting into the the Barnet Marlena. Oh, is that that's Gold Dust's missus? Yeah, yeah. Buffon yeah. Quaffered, huge mullet, huge mullet. <laughs> it was like Pat Sharp. <laughs> it's not a bad shout. I I think I personally have to give it to Sid though. Yeah, Sid, Sid Spaghetti. Yeah. No, because we give it to far too many mullets. He's got he's got sort of DDP levels of Rudy Voller going on, hasn't he? <laughs> he does. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Well, it's nice to uh, nice to check out WWF and, and watch a genuine classic. So I yeah, enjoyed I enjoyed that. that. I enjoyed that a lot. What have we got coming up then? In, as we get into the sort of New Year, then and over Christmas, we're going to be taking a break because yep. you know. We we want to, yeah. <laughs> now we've, we've got a lot. We've got. I think we've got a lot going on as as most people on planet Earth have over the festive period. And our next episode on this timeline will be out on the 9th of January. Yep. But we're going to try and get you a little bit of a bonus. We're going to try and do something as we as we mentioned uh, last week. We're going to try and do you our well look who, who wouldn't well look. What the fuck's it called? Well, wouldn't you know who won the Tony? <laughs> Helps if you get the name right. <laughs> Helps if you get the name right. We, me and you are like fucking song-tied fuckers today. Mark Marrow. <laughs> so we're going to be, uh, we're going to try and get that out before our next timeline-based one. So we're going to be doing all in 2018. If uh, we can find time to watch four fucking hours of this shit, <laughs> we'll do it's our very best. On there, I suppose, though. Ten be... minute a night, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be pretty quiet from the old adjective boys, but our next one will be the 18th of November, Monday Nitro, WCW. Yeah. 
and also our first Hall of Fame awards. Yeah. The Cretin of the the Cretin Hall of Fame. So one <laughs> one inductee a year. It's been voted for you by you guys on Twitter. You yep. had four options: Jericho, Meltzer, Khan, Russo. Uh, <laughs> it looks like at the moment it's neck and neck between Jezza and Meltzer, because yeah. in terms of in terms of what they've done this year, we we know we gave Tony the Cretin of the Year, but for pure volume, these two are like <laughs> these, these two have got to be first ballers. One of them has anyway. But we're yeah. going to limit it to one a year. We've not yet decided. Like in wrestling, you get put in the Hall of Fame once you're no longer active. We've not decided whether if you get put in the Hall of Fame, you can't be <laughs> eligible for Cretin of the Week. We'll, <laughs> we'll discuss this. However, we're going to take you back to Nitro and Eric Bischoff's Wacky Wonderland in a fortnight. Yeah. Uh, if you want to interact with us, as always, at Adjective Pod on Twitter, DM us, at us, you know, retweet us, anything you like, ask us questions. We like questions. Like we said last week, BG's ones, if you want to do any 90s boy bands, some take that, some why did Robbie take that, leave take that kind of stuff. Mark's a big fan of steps, you know, gotta get them in. It's a tragedy. It is, it is a tragedy. That's a BG song as well, so nice, nice, nice full Tales circle. We love it, we love a bit of it. So um, also, if you download us and you want to subscribe, give us a, give us a, a super kick on the subscribe button. Don't slap your thigh though. On Spotify, <laughs> any reviews, so, uh, five stars is always nice. You know, he was yeah. a Davy Meltzer. <laughs> Anything above four is a bonus. Anything above four is a bonus. <laughs> uh, with that being said, have we got any more business tonight? No, nothing else to report, mate. So I'd like to wish you guys a Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, a Crazy Kwanzaa, <laughs> and I will say those. Immortal two words, Rey Mysterio. Cheerio. The preceding podcast gimmick, it was paid for by, look at the adjective.